Hello, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. My name is Casey Ruff from Boundless Body LLC, and I am the host of Boundless Body Radio. Before October of 2020, I was not a podcaster. Now, I have recorded hundreds of episodes featuring incredible guests, created tons of helpful content, and have consistently generated thousands of downloads every month since I began. I'm just a regular dude trying to share our message, and now I'm ready to show you my process, my successes and failures, and everything I've learned along the way to help you start your own podcast. Together, we'll explore the entire process of having a podcasting idea and take it all the way to publishing your first episode and explore all the steps in between. Then, I'll give you all the tools that you will need so you can record as many episodes that you want to release after that. Podcasting is one of the most enriching skills I've ever added to my life, and I've learned a ton by talking with some of my heroes and sharing it with anyone who wants to join us on our journey. So, sit back, grab a notebook, take some notes, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Hello, hello. This is Casey Ruff, and welcome to episode 12 of season 2. Today we are speaking with Shanna Husson. Shanna earned her dietetics degree in 1999 and has now worked in the medical nutrition field for over 20 years. She is the author of Fast to Heal, a five-step guide to achieving nutritional peace and reversing insulin resistance. Shanna is the host of the Fast to Heal Stories podcast, which is one of the top nutrition podcasts on Apple. Shanna was hosted on our primary podcast, so be sure to check out Shanna's amazing story on episode 183 of Boundless Body Radio. Shanna Husson, welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Thanks, Casey. It's so glad to be chatting with you again. Yeah, it's great to chat with you as well. I had such a good time interviewing you before. Um, this will be a lot of fun. On one condition, though, you'll appreciate this because you live in Wisconsin. It is yes. um, March 1st, the day of the recording. We are in Salt Lake City. It is 51 degrees outside. It is absolutely glorious. I may just like up and leave um, <laughs> this conversation if I do no offense. Um, I'm out on a barefoot, you know, shirtless walk somewhere because it is so nice. <laughs> Yeah, we actually have 39 and sun today. So oh. for March 1st, we will take it. We'll I was take out it. with the dogs this morning. And yes, anytime there's sunshine in the winter <laughs> is good. Totally. That's great. How's your winter been? Has it been a harsh one? Um, kind of up and down. January was pretty harsh, but not a ton of snow. Yeah, it's just that's good. Cold, so. That's good. Hopefully we're through the worst of it though. That's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Spring, brighter times, uh, brighter days. That's great. Yes. Yeah, uh, I'm so glad you wanted to do this. I'd love talking to other podcasters about what their process is, you know, how they decided to start podcasting and what things they do mm -hmm. or don't do. So first of all, let's hear your story of how you started to get into your topic that you're really interested in, which is like mm -hmm. low carbohydrates and especially fasting. Yeah, I've been in the nutrition field for over 20 years. And in that, you know, if you would have told me I'd be podcasting, I would have thought you were crazy. <laughs> and I spent most of my time in the conventional system, working as an outpatient dietitian um, for several years, and then moving over to the health coaching space and doing more employee health. Um, and doing lots of health assessments, that sort of thing, always working more in a conventional system, um, the traditional setting as a dietitian and health coach. And then I had kind of a, a, a big epiphany or health 
calling or whatever you want to call it. I had some, my own health issues and my son got really sick, which we talked about in, in the other podcast episode that you interviewed me in. But um, I just started questioning a lot of things in the nutrition field that I was teaching in the conventional system. And so I moved over more into the holistic nutrition side of things. Um, but in so doing that, I couldn't really work in the traditional setting any longer because I would have had to teach the things that they wanted me to teach. And I just didn't believe in that any longer. So I am now out on my own and um, I've I published my book, Fast to Heal, almost two years ago. I'm a big proponent of intermittent fasting and time-restricted eating. And I do I do teach low-carb diets in most circumstances for most people. But I've just found that those methods are so healing for most people that are dealing with lifestyle issues and weight issues and obesity. And so... Yeah, about, let's see, my podcast has been on the air for about a year and a half. And yeah, that was (laughs) a crazy ride with, um, you know, going from being basically practitioner, nutrition educator to now still being the practitioner and nutrition educator, but owning my own business and promoting myself in different realms and avenues I never thought I I would be in. So (laughs) Here we are today talking on a podcast and um, yeah, it's been a wild ride, but you know, I always feel like I'm here for a reason and this is the path I'm supposed to be taking. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I mean, obviously the audience of this show is going to be more into podcasting and how the process works and things to, you know, be, be aware of as far as podcasting, but I really hoped that the audience would maybe get exposed to some of these ideas that maybe they wouldn't be exposed to otherwise. Like right. if, if you're going to either one of our podcasts, you're probably already familiar with, you know, changing diets or unconventional advice and doing things like fasting, which a lot of people think is absolutely bonkers. But again, <laughs> my, my hope is that this audience may consider also looking into fasting and following you and your work so they can learn about this. Yeah. And I will tell you and, and whoever is listening, I thought fasting was bonkers at when I first heard about it as well. You know, I was trained in the traditional space and you eat all your meals and you eat as soon as you get up in the morning. And when I would hear other podcasters talk about intermittent fasting, I would just tune it out. I, and I did that for many, many months. And my own health issues were enough that I thought, you know, there's so many holistic healers promoting this. Why don't I just give it a try? Like, what am I so afraid of? What I'm afraid of is not being able to eat <laughs> right when I want to, you know, and um, now I'm a pretty pro at intermittent fasting and even some longer fasts here and there. But I was right there with with everybody else who thinks fasting's crazy. I, I really um, <clears throat> didn't think I would ever be leading the lifestyle that I am now. Yeah. It's so interesting to look back on that journey. And I think if you are listening and you do feel some kind of fear about not being able to eat, like really it is the most enjoyable and and natural <laughs> and just, just easy process. Once you get used to it, you, you, you your hunger completely changes and the, the, the difference that you can see in your health is just staggering. It's one of my favorite practices. So I'm certainly glad you faced that fear and decided to share your message. Um, so tell us, yeah. like, when did you first start thinking like podcasting might be something you want to get into? So my book was published in April of 2020 and I did not have a big social media following. Um, 
I was on Facebook for many years and I'm in my mid forties. So Instagram was kind of, um, Oh, what do we want to say? I thought, you know, I thought that's just for young people and I don't know how to promote myself on there. And thankfully I have three teenagers in my household and my daughter is now 18 and she kind of helped me learn the ins and outs of Instagram and how to promote myself there. But even with those two things and slowly building an email list, like it is difficult to get your your name out there and um, get your message out there. And when you're planning and when you're so, you know, like I I am so passionate about what I teach. I just thought, hey, my passion's going to come through. I'll get all these clients. I'll get all these people following. And it's just, it's, it's more difficult than you think it is. And especially I think in the weight loss industry and the health industry, you can really get lost because there are just so many people. And I've always, I've, I've taught classes um, since my early twenties. I taught fitness classes when I was in college. And then a lot of the work that I did in the nutrition space was teaching classes So I was very comfortable in front of people and talking with people and interviewing people. And, you know, I, I, as I mentioned, I've been a podcast junkie for years and years. So that's a lot of how I learned what I teach now was from podcasts and from other people doing podcasting. And the more I thought about it, I thought, you know what, I have a lot of knowledge to share. I have my own message I want my own podcast and I want to bring people on. And as more people started to follow through with my, the um, approaches laid out in my book and the programs that I teach, the more success stories that I had. And so when I first started my podcast, it was mostly based around the success stories. And a lot of my early um, podcast episodes are with clients who are very successful, but as as my podcast kind of grow grew and developed, then I started bringing on more um, other influencers and other people in the space to educate people as well. And then sometimes I also do solo podcasts. So everything has just kind of evolved to where I am now. But that's how I really began. I just wanted to get the message out. And um, sometimes you know you listen to podcasts and you think and they're the people and the podcasters are super knowledgeable. And sometimes you're just like, you know what, (laughs) I want to get out there and teach my own message. um, Because I think the knowledge that that I have can be helpful for a lot of people and podcasting is an excellent way to do that. Yeah, no, that's a really great point. I think it's so important to talk about stories. I'm so glad you chose that as your format. We will often tell our guests like, yeah, this podcast that we're doing, Boundless Body Radio, it's about health and it's about fitness and, you know, whatever lifestyle practices you're into that can make you healthy. But really, it's about your story. And I want you to tell your story and be open and honest with it because I think it's really relatable. I'm I'm sure you have come across this podcast. It's, it's inactive. They don't do it anymore. Um, but when I was learning about fat, Initially, it was so, so critical to my learning and understanding, um, which was the IDM podcast. And they had a similar format where it was people telling their stories 
And again, it's, it's, it's different. It's like you said, like with an expert in the field, that's one thing, but to hear the story of Jim in Ottawa, like, and, and his you know story, nobody would know about it unless they told it in that way. And I thought that was so inspiring. Is that something that inspired you to, to focus mostly on stories when you were getting started? Yeah. And that podcast that you're speaking of, that was one of my favorites when I first got into the space. And I was so sad when <laughs> I think there's only like 18 or 20 episodes in that podcast, but I listened to all of them two or three times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people relate, like you just said, people relate to stories. And I feel like, you know, we have all this clinical jargon, all these clinical studies. You can find a study for just about anything you want to find a study for. But stories hit home. And I feel like whenever I listen to a podcast that more revolves around stories, I learn something new from each one of those, whether it's just like one little thing that helped that person or one little thing that rubbed off on somebody else from that person. Um, I just, I just feel like stories are, you know, sometimes I think they can be, you know, kind of shoved under the rug, like, oh, that's just that one person telling this one thing. But in my experience, I've learned more from my clients and what they're doing than I swear, like some, some of the <laughs> medical books that I've read, you know, it's just, those are real and, and concrete. And I think they're so important. Yeah, that is really important. I'm so glad you decided to start with that. Now, I, I do know that you're, you're, you know, the style of your podcast has really evolved and it changes all the time and your format changes. Can you explain why you've um, kind of changed your formatting over time and how that's gone for you? Yeah. Um, so I, like I said, I started with the stories and I still bring people in everyone, you know, probably once a month or once I, I put out a podcast about once a week. I really try to be, um, very religious with that and, and bringing one out a week. Um, but I did find that although I still have tons of people who are very successful, not everybody's willing to come out and tell their story. Like I thought they, <laughs> like I thought they would be you know, it's like, I'll con they'll contact me and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, I've now lost 50 pounds. I just wanted to thank you. And thank you for your book. And I'm like, Hey, you want to come my podcast? They're like, Oh no, no, <laughs> that's not <laughs> for me. Um, so I did find that just having a mix, a mixture of, of stories, um, other influencers, other experts in the field. And then just my personal point of view, I think that hits just about everybody. Some people really love the stories, some people want to learn from experts. And then I get a lot of personal questions and DMs. And so I like to address those on my podcast because as you can imagine in the nutrition field, a lot of people ask me like a really basic question like, oh, I heard fasting is, is um, not safe for women. What do you think? It's like, well, I can't <laughs> say yes. Or, like that's a very, like that's a 20 minute answer. <laughs> Um, and so then I've, I've found like more recently, just really taking the questions that I get very regularly and developing those into a podcast. Um, then I can really say what I want to say and answer how I want to answer. And usually if somebody's asking a question about fasting, I've, I've gotten that question several times, or there's lots of other listeners who are wondering the same thing. Um, so sometimes it is nice to just do a solo podcast because you're not reliant on anybody else. You can, you know, just 
sit down and quick record it, not be on camera. Um, but sometimes I really love to have influencers and other people on the podcast as well. So I've just found it's been a good mix. When I started the podcast, I thought it was going to be all stories. And then, yeah, things just kind of change and evolve. And, and you listen to the feedback that you get from your listeners and, you know, just, just try to, to do the best you can in the space that you have and, and whatever, um, you know, I, I've seen my, my podcast has had very consistent growth. So I figure, well, I must be doing something that people <laughs> like and are listening to. So, um, but I do feel like the mixture has been a good thing for the podcast. That's great. No, I wonder that all the time if, you know, people get too married to one idea and then it burns mm-hmm. out or you're not like able to find guests willing to tell the story. It's funny. That reminded me of that Seinfeld um, quote where he's like, people, statistically, people fear public speaking more than they fear death. And so they would rather be in the casket at the funeral than at the pulpit. <laughs> statistically right. speaking, it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, that's so interesting about the solo episodes too. Are Do you do any editing on your solo episodes? Not usually. Um, I've been teaching for so long and, and in the space, in the nutrition space for so long that I usually don't have much editing. the only time I usually have any edits is if like somebody comes barging (laughs) into the house or the dog barks, or it's usually not because, um, like I, I said something that I think I need to go back and take out. It's just more so the environmental things that that I would have to go and edit out. Wow, that's interesting. The first season of this podcast it was me doing solo, and it's the first time I'd ever done solo. And it was a real challenge until I realized, like, wait a second, dude, you do your own editing. Like, you can stop at any time and collect your yeah. thoughts um, <laughs> and take a break or right. take a drink or whatever. Um, when you're doing your solo shows, what do you do for your script? Do you know basically exactly what you're going to say, or do you just have bullet points? How do you do that? <laughs> I know I've had other people ask me this because like I said, if you ask me a question, I could just sit in for like 20 minutes and, and tell you my answer. But yeah, I do not script my podcasts ever. Wow. Um, I, when I, when I interview somebody on a story, I do tend to ask them the same questions and we walk through the five um, steps that I lay out in my book. And so those are kind of, you know, they're the same in, in that I ask, I ask the same questions for the most part, but I never fully script my, my podcast ever. And then when I do a solo episode, I, yeah, I just have some bullet points and just stop the recording if I need to gather my thoughts. But other than that, yeah, I can usually whip one out pretty quickly <laughs> just with, with the experience that I have and you know, how many times I've answered the same question over and over. That's, <laughs> and that's the beauty about po- podcasting is like if somebody asks me or um, like a lot of times I get personal messages or emails or DMs about my son and how I healed. Um, he he had all sorts of colitis and a lot of people are curious that, you know, I put out any kind of podcast with his story and I get lots of people asking me how I healed him and and what our journey was. And so I recorded a podcast all about his illness and what we did, how we approached that, all of the the links that people need for that particular podcast are all in the show notes. So when they ask me about that, I'm like, hey, you know, listen to this first and then let me know what questions you have after that. So that's what's really nice about podcasting too is 
you know, if somebody's answer asking the same question all the time, you can just say, Hey, listen, listen to this. This goes into a very thorough answer. And then let me know what questions you have after that. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. We love that too. You know, at this point, Boundless Body has done 250 different interviews on such a broad range of topics that if somebody asks a certain question about sunshine or fasting or the structure of the foot or whatever, those themes have all been created and they live on and they can be shared at any time. Are you ever surprised by your numbers of like past episodes that you kind of forgot that you did maybe like a year ago and how many downloads those are still getting to this day? Yeah. And I love looking back at that. And sometimes it's the ones that you think aren't going to be that interesting or people aren't that interested in. And of course, you know, my first episode was my story and why I got into this and that still has the most downloads. And, you know, a lot of that is, oh, I'm going to go back from the beginning and listen from the beginning. A lot of people do do that. Um, but it is, it is an interesting story at the same time, but yeah, I love how you can see which ones are really resonating with people. Well, one of those downloads from your very first episode was me a day or two ago, listening back. I love to listen to the first episode that anybody does before interviewing them on this show. And I have to say, like, you really nailed it. Like if I'd listened to the first episode of Boundless that my wife and I did together, that was rough, 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 <laughs> not great. Um, so, so you have done a really good job. You can tell you're an absolute natural and that you have done a lot of speaking like you, like you mentioned, what things have you learned how to get better at over time? And what things did you just feel like almost like talking that you were just so good at from the very beginning? It hasn't evolved maybe as much because you were already knocking it out of the park. Yeah. One thing that I've gotten so much better at and that podcasting forces you to get better at is listening and listening to actively listening to whoever you're interviewing. And I definitely had room for improvement with being a good listener and being perceptive and, you know, writing down key points that people are mentioning. And it, yeah, it's hard interviewing people because you're, you're trying to think about the next question and how you're going to sustain a natural flow in the podcast, but yet still listening to them actively. So that I think is the hardest part of podcasting is you actually interviewing people. And you might even have a list of questions, but sometimes they don't make sense if you have them written out in a certain order and you're talking about things and maybe the conversation kind of veers in a direction you're not thinking it would or prepared for. So for you to just go down a bullet list of questions doesn't always work. So that has been something I've definitely gotten better at. And, you know, just jotting down a few few ideas as people are speaking and then, you know, circling back around to those ideas, asking for clarification. And then really another thing is just knowing your listeners and what, you know, if you're one of my listeners, are you lost with the content that we're talking about? Have I, you know, has it been simplified enough? So sometimes I'll have a guest who um, is pretty technical or pretty, you know, medical or science-based. And sometimes I have to circle around and say, okay, you know what, can we break this down a little bit further um, for our listeners? And just knowing when to do that is, is another thing that I've gotten better at. And then um, as far as something that I think I was pretty good at <clears throat> just when, when I first started is 
just being comfortable being in front of people and being confident enough in yourself and in your knowledge that that comes across to your listeners because your podcast is going to suffer if you come across as somebody who's not believing in your own message and not knowledgeable about what it is, whatever it is, information you're putting out on your podcast. So yeah, that was, that was an interesting question though. Yeah. Well, I, there was an interesting answer. That's definitely not something that I was doing in the beginning. I would have a list of questions, but I wasn't taking any notes during the conversation, which is definitely something I do now. I'm looking at, you know, one piece of paper that has the intro that I read, um, which then goes into be the notes for that episode. So that skips a step. Once I dictate that into my phone and then, you know, clean it up on, you know, a word processor, that step is already done. But then also as we're having the conversation, I'm writing down different topics that I want to revisit. I'm thinking kind of logically about like, okay, where's the storyline going? How can we flow this naturally into the next topic that I want to talk to you about? And then also something I wasn't doing in the very beginning that I'm so glad I do now is doing time stamping as the episode is going. And so if there's a gap or something that I need to go back and edit, I'm writing it down exactly at the time that that thing happens so that when I'm doing my editing later, it's very easy for me. I don't have to listen to the entire episode. I just go to the timestamp areas and just edit there. And that's such a time saver. Do you do that as well? Yeah, I will. And that that's like when I stop, I can usually see that. And sometimes if I know that there is something, this is more of a, when I'm doing a solo episode like I'll stop and then I'll I'll start the recording but not say anything and just do a pause so that I know there's nothing there and that's where I need to go back and edit. But yeah, editing is an is an art in and of itself <laughs> and I used to do a lot of it when I first started and I would you know, I any kind of lagging time or lagging, you know, there wasn't talking, I would worry about getting that out where now I feel like it's, it's just got more of a natural flow than it did in the beginning for sure. And a lot of it depends on your guests too. You know, some guests are, you know, I've had a couple of guests where they're like a one or two sentence answer where you're thinking, Oh my gosh, I thought we were going to talk about that for like 10 minutes. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Oh my gosh, how am I going to fill this time? And others are just really talkative and do a really great job of telling their stories. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's a lot more controllable when you're doing a solo podcast during versus interviewing somebody for sure. Yeah, totally. That's so funny. It goes both ways. Like I've, I've had some where like 30 minutes in, I'm scrambling because we've kind of covered everything and I don't have anything else top of my mind to talk about. So I'll always keep a list of, of interesting questions that you could really just like ask anybody and get an interesting answer, even though they're quite generic. Um, yeah. it goes the other way too, where you write out all these questions and realize 10 minutes in like, Oh, we're not going to get to hardly any of these. Right. <laughs> I, one of my, one of my buddies does the carnivore cast podcast, Steve Mizzle and I remember on one, he, um, he texts me in the middle of one and I'm like, you're texting me in the middle of your interview. He's like, Oh yeah. I just asked one question at the very beginning and we're like halfway through and I he's just, he's just talking the whole time. So that makes it easy, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> Super funny. Yes. It's easier to just let your guests talk than for you to have to fill in for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And you also answered a, another question that I had that I often ask podcast hosts, which is what is something that you used to think was really important, but since you have changed your mind about, and the, the answer I keep getting, it seems to be about the same, which I have to agree with. It's the editing. The editing process, you're right, is so 
you know, it, it requires so much time in the beginning, but, but if you can kind of clean that up, it, it really, you know, you can allow the conversations to be a little bit more natural. Yeah. And you always get those people who are, you know, I've, I've had one, one review on my podcast that wasn't positive and it was basically, I love your content, but sometimes you smack your lips or something like that, like oh, something geez. that I just do Come naturally, on. or you feel like you're chewing gum or something like that. I'm like, okay, I'm smart enough not to chew, <laughs> to chew gum on a podcast. <laughs> um, but I just, I just took it with a grain of salt. I'm like, well, she still loves the content. My little natural tendencies, I, I, you know, I, I can't do a whole lot about that. <laughs> so you're going to get those people. But yeah, I used to care a lot more about that. And I used to edit every little thing out. And now I'm just, you know, this is real life. And I think since COVID too, like people just have grown to expect there might be a dog barking in the background, or there may be a doorbell ringing or, you know, like things that you just don't have control over that I used to, oh my gosh, I have to go and get that dog barking out of there (laughs) that really just aren't that big of a deal. And people just want to learn and they're there to listen to you and your content and your guests and, and they can look past that little dog bark or whatever. Totally. Totally. Well, whoever left that feedback, I would love to know what their podcast is (laughs) because surely they're doing one as well. (laughs) But it got amazing content. (laughs) So frustrating. Yeah. I've had some of that criticism before too. And it's like, okay, well, what, what what are you doing? Where's your content? Let me check it out. Uh, So interesting. So as, as far as like practicality goes, this could be a hardware question or a software question. What things do you find to be some of your most essential pieces, whether that's a micro phone, a piece of software, um, something used to record, what things are are very highly essential for you? Yeah, that's funny you ask because I used to use a microphone in all my recordings and I'm an Apple person and I, I use all Apple products and I used to have an older MacBook Pro that was probably almost 15 years old. And I just got a new MacBook Air this summer. And since I, I got a new computer, my, I don't know what it was, but my microphone sounded very muffled with it. So I found that just not using a microphone and using the internal microphone that's in my MacBook sounds better, which is very strange. Wow. So I don't actually use a microphone anymore, but I've been thinking about, um, you know, just trying some different, different things with that. And I would say, um, I don't know if I should talk about like what platforms I use and that sort of thing. Um, but I use Libsyn to, which is liberated syndication to house all my podcasts and to distribute all my podcasts. And that has been very easy that I, I don't know a lot of the other platforms. I haven't used them, but it's very easy to upload an episode, get the show notes in there. Um, and get it distributed. But again, I'm sure there's other platforms that do the same. Um, but the, I would say the show notes are, <laughs> those are probably an art form of the, of their own. And I'm sure there's room for improvement with my own show notes, but th- that's one of the things it's like one thing to get the podcast recorded and uploaded. And but the show notes are a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother time piece that that does take some time and thoughts and getting the links in there and and proper bios and all of that. Um, I would say that that at this point is probably because I still do all my own 
pieces and all my own work, all my own editing, all the, my own show notes and all of that. That's probably the part about my podcast that I loathe <laughs> the most <laughs> is, is the show notes and getting that. So I might outsource that at some point. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's not but a bad right idea. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. We definitely highly recommend outsourcing anything that you don't really enjoy doing or just trying to make it as easy as possible on yourself to, to cut that time down. Um, yeah, that's very interesting about the microphone. I did want to ask you about the software platform, though, that your hosting platform. Is, is, there, is it a cost? You pay monthly kind of a thing? Yeah, for Libsyn to host all my podcasts and distribute them for me, it's $20 a month. Okay. So... Um, pretty minimal that, and that's really the only cost that I have for my podcast. I used to record on, um, a different platform. Um, what was it? It was called Zencaster okay. and I had some issues with it. I had, it worked really well for me for a long time. And then all of a sudden, like three episodes in a row, people couldn't get in or they kept getting kicked out. So I just went to zoom and record there. And then I have the audio and the video if I want and, you know, can, can use the MP3 or the MP4 and go from there. So that, that I have changed. Um, and of course, I guess that's a cost too, that I pay annually, but I would have that anyway, just because of other meetings that I have to run through that. Yeah. Right. Zoom. I've found just to be so easy and everybody knows how to use it. Again, right. <laughs> after 2020, we all know how to use Zoom. And so there's just so much less, you know, time lost where people are trying to log in and they need certain passwords and it's kind of a pain. And if it's a platform they're not familiar with, you can get somebody who, you know, a great guest who's like really frustrated to start the conversation. So we've, we found the right. same Zoom is reasonably good quality. You get some pings here and there, but for the most part, it's, it's really good and easy to use. And that to me is, is totally, totally worth it. Um, um, I do want to go back to what you mentioned as far as steady growth. And this is something I think is so important when you're considering what you want to talk about with a podcast, because you're right with what you said earlier. There is a million and a half podcasts out there. And most people end up quitting anyway, because they had expectations that people were going to you know, tune in and listen. And that takes a, a really long amount of time. It requires a lot of patience and a lot of work to be able to build that up. You know, if you think you're going to start a a podcast about cats and you're going to be Joe Rogan in a week or two. Like you you got another (laughs) thing, you got another thing coming. Um, so what metrics let you know that you are achieving success when you, when you talk about growth, like what, what shows you that you're growing? Yeah, my, um, the Libsyn, or I think it stands for liberated syndication that shows me that's where everything, all my podcasts are housed. That shows me all of the downloads that I have. And then it will, you know, compare like my last year to from, or my last three months, my last week, you know, what episodes are most downloaded so I can see is there consistent growth. And for a long time, I was kind of stuck at the same, I had listeners, but I wasn't really growing. And, you know, you hear on podcasts all the time, like, please leave a rating and review, please leave a rating and review. And it almost gets annoying, but when you're a podcaster, Oh my goodness, one rating and review can really just bump your podcast or a couple of them. So it's like you ask for those and you know I I I do ask for those every so often on my social media but they really do help. But I just look at my stats on my liberated syndication platform and um every time I'm on a bigger podcast I can definitely see a bump up with that as well. So for me, that's probably been 
the best way to grow my reach is to be on other people's podcasts, other influencers who have a good following and a good listenership. Um, that that's, but yeah, it's hard and being consistent. You hear that message all the time with podcasting, but you really do have to be consistent because every once in a while I'll be on vacation or I'll be sick or, you know, some, some kind of circumstance. I didn't have as many interviews lined up in my queue as I wanted. And I have like a week that I just didn't get one out. It doesn't happen very often, but it happens every, so every once in a while. And it it really can hurt you. Like even just missing a couple of, um, of interviews or, or not putting it out consistently enough. So that has been really the backbone of, of my, of, of my growth, I think is getting on other people's podcasts and then just making sure you're consistent every single week with some sort of content and on getting it out there. But yeah, it's hard and it's a commitment and it's, um, time consuming, but, but it does pay off too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that consistency, consistency piece is so important. Like if I woke up on a Monday morning and Peter Atiyah's the drive is not like downloaded on my phone, I would be on probably <laughs> right? like on suicide watch. Like you really, you really count on those shows to, to come at the certain days and times. And when they don't, it's like, what is going on in the world? <laughs> Yes. You're like, how did I miss this? Like, oh. It's Tuesday. It's fasting method. It comes out on Tuesday. <laughs> totally. I'm with you. And some, some podcasts I'm like, Oh, there's a new podcast. And then there's others, your really favorites. Like, you know, the day that they're releasing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I love that, that piece about consistency. And I think it's important, like you said, like, even if it's not your standard format, at least put something out there so that you have that, that place marker and people are, are still downloading your episodes. We interviewed, mm-hmm. we interviewed Professor Chris White at Marshall University. Um, he does a podcast called Connected by Controversy. Um, he even hosted me on his show, and we got to talk about some of the nutritional, you know, conventional and unconventional thoughts out there on, on nutrition, which was really fun. He mentioned something in this episode where he said, like, you, you're kind of under pressure to have a really good show and create something really compelling every single episode because it's really easy for people to hear maybe an episode that wasn't great and completely disengage. And I don't know if that's been the case in my experience, but I would love your thoughts on that. Do you, do you feel that same pressure? It's not something I've ever really considered until he said that. You know, I think that is interesting. I think, I think my, you know, my thoughts on that are I, sometimes I feel like everybody knows what I'm putting out already, you know, because I, it's been in my head for so long and I've repeated it so long with so many clients that that's an interesting point of view. But I think what else is interesting is that people don't know what you're going to be talking about. And so I have to remember that sometimes like, and I also have to remember, like, sometimes you think, oh, everybody's been listening to this podcast since episode one. And I've repeated this over and over where sometimes you're getting somebody that's their very first episode that they're listening to. So you have to be careful in that you can't assume that people know what you are talking about, but yet at the same time, you don't want it to be too elementary where they're like, yeah, yeah. She says this every single time to make it interesting. So yeah, there's definitely that pressure just to bring some new things to the table, but yet keep it, keep it so that everybody is still understanding it at the same time. And you're not going up over their heads and 
realizing that, yeah, not everybody's listening to every, you know, all 67 episodes, maybe they've only listened to a handful. And this is the very first time they're hearing this information. So yeah, we can't assume that everybody's listened to all the episodes. But yeah, we have to keep some fresh content coming at the same time. So yeah, it's a real art form. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if I'm thinking personally about the episodes that I keep on, you know, downloaded, they download automatically. There's not many of them, but the ones that are on there, they have to, they have to really go off the rails for me to ever not download them. I will forgive a lot of, you know, subpar episodes uh, unless they're doing something really egregious. Like when people start advertising, you know, every 15 minutes, a new ad comes on. That's something that's completely unrelated to what their message is to begin with, or, you know, they're skipping around or they're getting like, I don't know, maybe like too political or something like I I'm I'll bail at that point, but I, I can withstand a lot of episodes that aren't great. If I have already subscribed to you and you've proven that your content is really good. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, the marketing component is just a whole nother thing. And I know for me, like I've, I've contacted some people and I don't know what the best way, maybe I can listen to this podcast <laughs> No, you can't. Um. You can't. We did. It was episode either either eight or nine. I can't remember which one it was. That was all about marketing. And I I told everybody from the very beginning, like if there's one to skip over, it's the marketing because this is endlessly confusing to me. I'm 38. I don't know how Instagram works either. I need to hire your daughter to help me. Like, uh. right. Uh, what things yeah, do you do so with marketing? It's hard. It's hard because I've done like just a few couple clips of my own programs where I'll, you know, talk about those programs, but that's it. Like that's the extent of my marketing during my podcast, because you're right. I mean, when I get to someone's, if I'm listening to someone's podcast and it gets to a commercial, I'm clicking through it. Like very rarely am I actually listening to it. So it is, it's just more annoying. And then you're like out running or whatever. And you're like, Oh, I got to dig my phone, (laughs) my phone out and get through this commercial. So yeah, it's, that's, that's an interesting part of podcasting for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, I really like the way that you do it, which is just a really simple call to action. It's, it's nothing too lengthy, I know when it is. I know when to expect it. I actually enjoy the updates, so I know what's coming, you know, as far as your programs or what you're starting. And I think you do that in a really honest and simple way, which I, I do really appreciate. I love that you do some announcements at the beginning of your episodes. And and again, that that to me is very different than you know, advertisements of things that are completely unrelated and, you know, trying to monetize your podcast. I think so many people out there are doing what kind of you and I do, which is like, we're starting this podcast. We're going to give away some free content in these episodes, but it is like a business thing. I want people to come to our website. I want people to, you know, do a free consultation or come check us out and learn a little bit more so that, you know, if it's a good fit, maybe we can do business with you. Can you comment a little bit about how that has gone for you? Do you feel like podcasting has directly, um, paid you more and grown your business more? Or is it more of like an indirect thing that just takes that time to really establish? No, I I really think like this is my main advertisement and this is my main marketing and I don't see it like that, but that's just how it's panned out. I don't do a lot of marketing other than what I talk about on my podcast. I've done some Facebook ads, but that's a whole nother deep black hole. (laughs) (laughs) that you can get caught up in. But yes, definitely the podcast. um, I just feel like that's where people can really 
start to connect with you, learn about you, learn your style, learn what you're teaching. It makes you more, definitely more of a real person when people can listen to your story and and how you connect with others, other than me just saying, Hey, go to my website. It's like, okay, well, all these programs look great. Your website's really pretty, but I don't know if I should trust you. I don't know what you're actually teaching. I don't know what your story is. You know, if you're just trying to get me as a customer, if you really care about my health and wellness and getting me better, where the podcast, it's like, and definitely that, that I think is what drives most people to my programs and to my website is they just, they, they connect with me. They know that, you know, what I'm teaching is, is actually helpful and reversing disease and, um, helping people in the long run. And, um, I, I just, I feel like it's just so it's hands down the, the best part of the work that I do is my podcast. Um, sometimes you look at it and you're like, oh man, I got to get some episodes out. And, you know, it's just, am I going to, you know, what do I have lined up? And it, it is a stressor, but at the same time, I've definitely, this is how I've reached the most people is through my podcast or being on other people's podcasts more so than, you know, you can put out posts, you can put out reels, but you don't know exactly on social media. It's hard to know like who you're actually connecting with. You could have, you know, 20,000 followers, but are they actually connecting with you and seeing what you're doing, listening to your message? It's hard to know. Or I feel like podcasting is like people are listening because they want to listen and they can choose to turn you off. Yeah. <laughs> they can choose to keep you on. They can choose to turn you off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's been a very great experience. Well, with you and your show, that authenticity really comes through and you can tell that you're invested in this and you really care about people. And I, I don't think you can fake that. I think eventually you will be found out if you're not coming at this with like a really authentic message trying to help people. Um, really interesting about the Facebook ads. I couldn't agree more. I thought that was a complete, <laughs> complete waste of money. I really thought like, okay, I'm, I've got this hockey player. Um, he played hockey in the nineties. So let me target everybody in the United States and Canada who's, a, you know, of a certain certain age and they're interested in hockey and let's promote it there. And I found two things. First of all, that it didn't ever boost the number of people that were downloading the show. It definitely didn't lead to any more business for me. And when I stopped doing ads, my reach went way lower. So I don't know if there's something in those algorithms, but I, that's at the risk of being canceled or something, Facebook police coming to my house and shutting me down. Um, I, I wouldn't go that route. I'd never had any luck with that. It sounds like you were kind of the same. I, I totally believe in that algorithm and the reach too, because I'm, and the ads that I ran were mostly engagement ads, meaning I was just looking to connect with more people because I wanted more people to be able to know what I was teaching. And so I wasn't really selling programs and I actually didn't even run ads to my podcast. It was just more engagement. And I feel the same way. Like they worked well while I was running them, but then you shut them off and you just think, huh? Weird. (laughs) Yeah. Like there seems to be nobody commenting on anything anymore. So yes, it's, and I feel like you almost need, like I've, I've done some courses on teaching of Facebook ads and that sort of thing. But you almost need somebody to just manage that who's an expert. Yeah. If you're going to do well with it and mm. not lose money. But yeah. 
Yeah. That's interesting. That's, Before the ads <laughs> reach 350 people during an ad reach, you know, 550 people don't do an ad again and reach like 30 people. Like it was that yes. big of a difference. <laughs> Crazy. Yep. I wow. believe it. Crazy. Wow. Um, this has been an awesome conversation. What a, do you have any other pieces of advice for somebody that either wants to start a podcast or they're currently podcasting and they want to kind of refine the process a little bit? I know one thing that helped me in the beginning, and I did take um, one course that just helps you get your podcast up and running and things to do to prepare. And if somebody is just starting out, I would recommend that you have four to five episodes to listen to when you first release your podcast, because if somebody really likes it, they might just listen to that one and forget about it. Whereas if there's several episodes to listen to, then, you know, it's like, I'm sure you do the same thing. You find a good podcast and you start binge listening to it. You can't get enough of it. (laughs) And so I know I had, when I released my podcast, I think I had five episodes there already. And that was helpful. Um, And then another thing that you can try to do when you're first releasing is get your following family, friends, anyone you have, and do like a rating and review day where you're getting a bunch of rating and reviews all at once. And that will really help boost your podcast initially. And those are hard to get. It's like plenty to get somebody to rate and review your podcast. And it's really, it takes like 15 seconds, but so fast. (laughs) But yeah. So I think a lot of it is people just don't know. They don't know how to do it. You know, I always put in my show notes exactly how how to rate and review but, um, or people aren't using Apple or whatever it is. So yeah, but those are a couple of recommendations that I have, have some, have some in the queue, ask your family and friends to rate and review it, and then just really be consistent. And like we said, being authentic and, you know, don't feel like you have to edit everything out. Like I laugh when people have things go on or they, they have little bloopers in their podcast. Like that just makes me want to listen to them more because I know they're real. And that's what happens when you're podcasting. So yeah, those were those are the recommendations I would have. I love that. That's great. Um, really great advice, especially when launching the podcast to have several. I learned before doing this, I didn't know this before doing Boundless, but before doing this podcast, if you release a lot at the same time and also get a lot of reviews at the same time, you're way, way, way more likely to land on the Apple like new and noteworthy you know, kind of area. And that's where a lot of people can really find you. So I thought that was really interesting. So I think that's really great advice. Shanna, tell people where they can go to find your podcast. My podcast is called Fast to Heal Stories. It's on all the major platforms. So Apple, Spotify, all all of those. And um, it's also on my website, which is fasttoheal.info backslash podcast. Awesome. We will link to that in the notes. As always, it's such a pleasure to chat with you. And thank you so much for sharing your great information and experience with podcasting. We really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. It was an honor. Thank you for listening to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple. Also, Be sure to check out the show that made all of this possible, Boundless Body Radio, where we provide tons of helpful and informative content, feature incredible guests, and talk all about health and wellness. Cheers, and thank you for joining us on the How to Make a Podcast podcast.